0: Striped bass are here, here. that's the headline for the weekend, March 24th through the 26th with headboats like the Ocean Explorer here out of Belmar now on the hunt off Northern Ocean and And Monmouth County as of Wednesday for striped bass. Wow, it's on, no doubt about it. Spring is sprung and so has the striper run we had a great weekend at the saltwater fishing expo in edison uh, over the weekend handing out fish bites and bkk hooks hand over fist Uh, and to all the folks who stopped by the booth to say hello thank you so much for helping make this a great great finale for the 2023 show season at the jersey shore but now it's time fish. Jim Hutchinson, New Jersey, Delaware Bay edition of The Fisherman. Of course, it's March 23rd, 2023, and a lot of folks in Edison asking about last week's congressional hearing down in Wildwood. Uh, The write-up is over at thefisherman.com, but I'll have more on that in the the second half of this week's video fishing forecast right after we speak with George. But we had excellent striped bass reports over the weekend, uh, especially with that sunny warmth Uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Quite a few folks stopping by the booth in Edison showed me videos and snapshots, a few gems coming out of my reports that we compiled on Monday at thefisherman.com, and and that that exciting, I mean, absolutely mind-boggling video report from Wednesday aboard the Ocean Explorer. So Bass Madness is officially underway. Oceanside, it would appear, at the Jersey Shore. But we'll talk about stripers in a moment. But first, let's get some events squared away for this particular weekend ahead. Saturday, March 25th, join the folks from Interlux and Seahawk Paint out of Lacey Marine for their annual spring prep day. If it's time for bottom painting, get out to Lacey Marine at 308 Route 9 South and Forthwood River. This week, pick up the spring prep products you need to splash, that's on Saturday. Out in Grumpy's, in Seaside, their annual spring sales event is also Saturday, March 25th. Doors open at 7 a.m. sharp. Both Scabelli and Big Rock plugs are in the house once again, so yeah, you can expect a line around the corner again as folks wait to take advantage of that two per person limit. On Skibbelies and Big Rock, no empty chairs or tents outside either. Ray tells me you have to be there waiting, in person, for the doors to open, or you lose your slot in line. There's a great lineup of seminars. Surfcasting legend Shell Karras is on at 10:30. Yak master Bob McMaster talks kayaks at noon, while Jenny Jen X Ackerman, fresh off her Sunday stint at the Fisherman's Booth in Edison, will be talking fluke. Saturday at 1:30 p.m. That's this Saturday, March 25th. Now I heard a rumor that Frankie Z from there at Grumpy's was going to do a fly fishing seminar, something along the lines of working those upper, upper, upper stretches of water, you know, along those, uh, those tight woodline streams, wood bodies of water. Head out there yourself on Saturday and see if that's true. Now, let's get back to the reports because I spoke to Bobby at Fisherman's Den in Belmar on Monday morning. We were talking about winter flounder and he said the only flatties he'd heard about so far this season were coming from down in the Barnegat Bay region. He mentioned Manasquan, south of that upper stretches of the Barnegat Bay, uh, down into and off of uh, um, Tom's River is what I heard as well. But Bobby says usually by now, they've had the first reports of winter flounder along the bulkheads and rental boats there on the Shark River. But he of course said the weather hasn't been terrific, it's just not warm enough. Bloodworms are moving out of the shop, but for the most part, people had been hitting the Ocean Explorer, one of the only boats running for Cod and Ling. But check this out, as we started this week's video, Wednesday aboard the Ocean Explorer, everything changed. Just like that, it happened. Stripers everywhere, full out bass madness at the rails on the Ocean Explorer. Captain Bobby Quinn at the helm says, quote, earliest shot we've had at them yet, and suddenly it's game on. Bobby and I spoke this week, and I know some of the other boats now are instantly getting, but we're going out for striped bass. I talked to Steve on the Skylarker. He said, well, you know, we usually get a quick shot at these. They may be the ones moving up to the rare, and so you might get some more up on the rare, but take a look outside and yes perhaps that powder keg has indeed been lit so unwrap that rascal paint your bottom and fire up the suzuki's Now the boaters and kayakers have been doing some of the best work on striped bass right now as the electronics, of course, can help you find the fish. Though truth be told, I did speak with several folks about stripers rolling on bait along the Raritan close to shore, surface explosions. So those bass are piling on bunkers. Um, A couple of the images I saw over the weekend from friends, it's not just the big old adult bunker, but I saw some peanuts in the mix as well, so I really just can't even tell you uh, about the spawning behavior of Menhaden, but they're there. Uh, Dennis Portolayton was huh? yakking around go? on the rare with go? his buddy huh? Francesco Ortiz, and they found stripers on top, test. smashing what? the bunker, but Dennis right. said 30-plus-inch fat huh? bass caught and released a whole bunch of them okay. during a 20-minute blitz on his kayak. He deployed a Check Nomad. But the oh, NLBNs yeah. are working solidly, low and slow towards the you bottom, as are most of the smaller SPs, <laughs> Rapplers, and Yazuris. Now, I expect, based on the reports we're getting along the Raritan, upper stretches of the Raritan, and based on this explosion off of Shark River this week, that perhaps those low-light low light creepers tossing plugs from the Raritan Bayshore beaches will find more bigger stripers soon enough if they're not already. There are rumors already about some bigger bass on the prowl, gannets are diving on bait at this point, and the staging stripers on the Raritan are beginning to feed before they head up the river for the spawn. Now in the comments section of last week's video fishing forecast, folks, with a good reminder to be on the lookout for those sagging bellies, right? We are in the early stages of the spring spawn at this point, big fish are staging, uh, eating up as much as they can before they head up river. Probably the great egg in Mullica as well as the Raritan in Delaware too. Take care of those releases. Cradle those big fish, the ones with a sagging belly full of eggs. Cradle them on your release. Try not to hold them straight up and down. Um, the future of bass, is in your hands right there. She's full of spawn, so you might want to let her move on too, even if it's in that slot and it's a keeper. I mean, Manny Butera and I talked about the same thing recently, releasing those spawning fish. He's finding some smaller fish in the Toms River right now. His cousin caught and released this Outback Striper on the Toms. They're not exactly stacked up there anymore. They seemingly have spread out throughout Barnegat Bay. But again, If you're catching that 28 to less than 38 inch fish in the Garden State, and you can tell that they're full of eggs, consider letting that fish go on its way to do its thing. Folks in Pels, in Brick, told me this week that they had a confirmed report of a 20 pound striper in the upper Barnegat Bay area. While there were a ton of reports about bait schools and some type of crashing fish, from Brick through Asbury Park and Sandy Hook over the weekend, as evidenced, of course, by that Ocean Explorer catch on Wednesday. Multiple hookups, jigging stripers from the boat, multiple hookups, rods bent all over, the powder keg, my friends, I believe has been lit. Now, as we continue our way down into Barnegat Bay and south, my high school buddy John Murray caught and released school stripers from a local dock throwing a molded tsunami swim shad in bunker color. So there's lots of bait coming into local waters now. Ospreys are chirping away overhead. A few bass reportedly with sea lice in the back bays as well, meaning the ocean run stripers have turned west into our back bays as well. So whether you're working the Northern River stretches like the American Angler guys up on the Hackensack, all the way down along the beaches of Fortescue, which is where Cedarville's Jacobus Sherman, Jake Sherman, landed this 36-incher on Saturday using Higby's Bloodworms. Plastic and Bloods are working in the local salty rivers like the Mullica and Great Egg. By shore, it's either stick it out with the bait Or work and walk the edges uh, around the magic hours with smaller offerings. And again, if you can get the skiff or kayak uh, out on the water, if you can get that center console unwrapped, do it. Do it soon because you're much better. You're in a much better position to find those stripers uh, if you can get out on the boat, use the fish finder, and find out where they're stacked, right? And the Delaware River boys, as well, are out there along the banks of the mighty Delaware, worming their way to white perch and striped bass. In fact, word out of Captain Bones in Odessa, Delaware, was that Dennis Black registered a 30-inch striped bass on bloodworm at Dobbinsville Beach just the other day. So, yes, striped bass are on the move. They're heading up the mullica, or they're heading up the Delaware. They're already in the mullica and great egg. They're already in the the raritan, as we've discussed for weeks. And it looks like perhaps we're gonna get a new wave of ocean run stripers hitting inside soon. Start creeping, unite creepers. Toggers, of course, are chomping at the bit. A little more than a week to go at this point until the start of tog season again in New Jersey on April 1st. As the striper bite intensifies, we're, not, we're, we're kind of in that transitional period of sorts Uh, between the first day of spring on Monday and the real spring explosion to come in April. If you're looking to gear up for that transition, or maybe you've got some rod repaired work to do at home, you may want to consider a mudhole.com online course in rod building and repair. Congratulations to Daniel Merton of Oceanport, winner of the Sterling Wide Trackers over the weekend at the Saltwater Fishing Expo. Daniel, you'll be getting a call from Steve at Sterling. Congratulations. Now, How about those tuna? Is it too soon? I would remind you that we typically get those, that, that quick run of giants sometime in April, right? right off uh, south of Rockaway, I would expect those bluefin to be arriving soon enough, especially as we eye up the opening days of April 2023. More dead dolphins on the beach and the launch of a congressional hearing into offshore wind industrialization. That's next, right after we get a freshwater update
1: from my friend George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. We're gonna start things off right away with our shad watch. You know, we thought the season would be early with this mild winter, but it just wasn't gonna happen. But things this past week have finally started to bust loose. We're starting to get good reports of shad from Yardley up through Washington's Crossing and even further north. So the shad are starting to bite, but it is right on schedule. We are hoping to be a little bit earlier. You know, guys were right out uh, like Tim Keebler and Eric Fitzler, They've been out pounding the water, trying to get a handle on these shad and they are finally starting to boat some of these fish. So I think we're gonna be in good shape from here out. You know, the water temperature is still in the low to mid forties. We really need to get that, that temperature up to about 50 degrees to really turn that bite on. But we'll keep an eye on that. Check back here to see how that water temperature pans out. Now guys, if you're not out shad fishing, there's a couple things you can do. Uh, Rich Bates was up fishing at uh, some of these lakes in northern PA here, and he was getting himself a bunch of bass, smallmouth, largemouth, getting into some nice perch and even some pickerel here. So some great fishing out there. Or if you're in New Jersey, the Pine Barrens, uh, Dennis Street was out getting himself some really nice pickerel as well. It's a great time to get out and lay a line. So hopefully the winter is behind us. We can get into the spring season. I hope you guys get out in autumn, but from Pennsylvania, I'm George, your Pocono Outdoors Guy.
0: Another dead dolphin came ashore in Monmouth County last Wednesday, which according to the CBS News account at the time totaled 15 dead dolphins for 2023. And then on Tuesday of this week, another eight dolphins stranded themselves on the beaches of Sea Isle City. Two were DOA, the other six were assessed by a veterinarian through the uh, Marine Mammal Stranding Center in Brigantine, where it was determined that, quote, their conditions were rapidly deteriorating. The decision was made to humanely euthanize the dolphins to prevent them from further suffering as returning them to the ocean would have only prolonged their inevitable death. Now, all eight dolphins were transported to the New Jersey State Lab for immediate necropsies, and I'm sure the doctors at the State Lab there in Trenton are the
1: best of the
0: best. (laughs) Now, according to the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection, there is, quote, no credible evidence that offshore wind-related survey activities could cause whale mortality or dolphin deaths. Even though this week's latest mortality event corresponds to a geotechnical survey operation at the Atlantic Shores wind farm, 16 miles outside of Atlantic City. It's only a coincidence. In fact, DEP went so far as to say the ocean temperature change due to climate change was the cause and that, quote, Menhaden, A key whale food source adapts by moving into new areas where conditions are more favorable. DEP also said that bunker close to shore will quote, increase the risk that these fish and their predators, including whales, may be drawn into conflict with human activities such as vessel strikes that may increase whale mortality. Apparently, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection has forgotten all about the Bunker Reduction Bill, which became law in 2002 when Acting Governor Donald Francesco signed into law A prohibition on the taking of menhaden in state waters for the purpose of reduction. That's why we've seen so many bunker over the last 22 years. Either DEP has forgotten about this or the commissioner himself who has no salt in his socks and absolutely zero credibility in the fishing industry just doesn't know any better. My take is that he and his boss, Governor Murphy, had better take a crash course in marine ecosystems, tourism, and coastal fisheries because it would appear that members of Congress has these two yahoos in their sights. Quote, It seems to me that this company called Orsted needs to be sitting in front of a congressional hearing. It seems to me this Bureau of Ocean and Energy Management or mismanagement needs to be hauled in and needs to spend some time in front of the questioners answering some tough questions and quite honestly quote it also seems to me that your governor Phil Murphy could stand a little questioning too. Those are the exact words of Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. He said it last Thursday in Wildwood during what was called the start of a congressional investigation into offshore wind. What New Jersey Congressman Jeff Van Drew calls, quote, offshore wind industrialization. Now you can find the full write-up over at the homepage of thefisherman.com. Van Drew Perry, also my Congressman Chris Smith, as well as Congressman Andy Harris, of Maryland coordinating that hearing. 400 people in the hearing room at the convention center, hundreds unable to get in the door. So here's some of what you may have missed. Congressman Van Drew called it, quote, the classic case of big companies joining with big government, colluding together, working together, and not telling the truth. Van Drew later added, quote, the federal government is allowing these offshore wind companies to bypass in-depth analysis of offshore wind farms long-term impacts in order to push through this administration's Green New Deal policies. He also explained, it is becoming more and more clear that Bohm and NOAA are in collusion with these companies. But he also stressed, and I quote, they won't be able to hide forever. Now, Orsted and the Wynn folks who they support heavily through grants and charitable contributions were not happy, of course, as they typically get all the headlines. But last Thursday, it was the coastal residents who had their say, and the local fishermen. Now, Orsted was invited to testify, but they declined the offer. We'll see how that position shakes out in June when the next congressional hearing is supposed to take place down in Washington, DC. Key takeaways from this hearing that I sat in last Thursday. The Atlantic coast is being used as a testing ground. People feel that they have not been allowed to participate in the process. EMF or electromagnetic fields, those impacts on benthic species. Backwards approval process, radar, radar interference inside the industrial wind sites. No honest interaction between Orsted and the fishermen. Congressman Harris said, quote, the fix is in, while Congressman Van Drew called it, quote, collusion. One of the witnesses said our fishing communities would be collateral damage if these two million acres of seafloor are industrialized for wind. Another said, offshore wind is an environmental wrecking ball. Is offshore industrial wind the cause of all these dead dolphins and whales? We don't know yet. But as Congressman Smith and Perry both pointed out, These tragic whale deaths have brought new light and increased scrutiny to the fast-tracking of thousands of wind turbines off of our coast. Thousands of wind turbines, not five low-powered turbines like you find up in Block Island. We're talking about thousands of high-powered wind turbines across 2 million acres of Jersey Shore landscape. The key takeaways from this hearing, one, it's not going to be the last one. Congressman Van Drew made that clear. This was just the start of a full-scale congressional investigation. As a member of the House Appropriations Committee, Representative Harris said that committee would be addressing the funding where he said, quote, the people in the Bureau of Ocean and Energy Management, that's BOEM, have their salaries paid by the Appropriations Committee, and we're going to deal with them in this year's appropriations bill. Interesting. Finally, all four members of the House of Representatives who were in this hearing room on Thursday said the plan was to send this whole thing over to the Government Accountability Office, that's the government watchdog agency, in order to investigate why an open and transparent process has not been followed by Boehm and NOAA Fisheries. Certainly not by Dr. Phil himself. If you're not exactly sure what it means when Van Drew calls it, quote, offshore wind industrialization, just look at the screen. Again, these aren't five turbines off Block Island. We're talking 200 times that. With turbines that generate a whole lot more power and a whole lot more noise with a whole lot more impact to our coastal fisheries at the Jersey shore. Again, read the full write-up from last week's hearing it also has links to all of the testimony that i quoted in the write-up it's over at thefisherman.com on the homepage. i'll also have a write-up in next week's edition that's the april edition we're going to print with the april edition of the fisherman magazine on sunday and then of course we're back to the weekly editions for the next eight months no rest for the weary subscribe now $29.95, you get all 38 issues of The Fisherman Magazine, and you won't miss a darn thing along the way. Spring has sprung, and so has the striper run. And if you ain't geared up yet, I don't know what to say, except do it, do it now, do it today. Catch them up, and I'll report back to you again next week, right here at thefisherman.com.